Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back. We are in the middle of the ages and stages this week talking about our tweens. That's the new term, right? I'm talking about the middle school years. I'm thinking this is my kid when my child is 10, 11, 12, maybe even a little bit of 13 still. Um, This is this age right after the elementary years. And our child has moved fully into abstract thought. And we are going to be talking about how do we have gospel conversations here with our kids. And again, over and over every week, we have talked about being a student of our child, of welcoming these conversations that a lot of times are going to center around um, the places that they're struggling and that we are actually seeing their struggles, their sins, their mistakes through the lens of an opportunity to give hope to them. And so this week, we're going to look at our tweens. In this stage or this phase, this is where our kids are trying to figure out their identity. We can no longer believe that kids are trying to ascertain their identity in their um, teenage years. They're not. This is going to be determined in these middle school years for, for the bulk of our kids. And so our goal in these years is to help them know who they are because of what God's, God thinks about them. In fact, that is the chief question that we want to constantly be driving every conversation back through. What does God think about you? Everything, every interaction. This is one of my most favorite stages with my kids. They are maybe the most challenging here. Um, They're starting to get stinky They're starting to get sassy. They're starting to get maybe serious about different things. Um, You were really seeing their personhood defined in these years. And if I can encourage you, these years are amazing years with our kids. And we talked about it last week. But these kinds of conversations with our kids take time. And in these tween years, it's going to cost you time. It just is. Because some of these conversations may not be welcomed. You know, you were just in the elementary years where most of our children welcome all types of conversations with their parents. They're just eager to sit with their their moms and their dads. But now we're merging into a time period where 
because they're trying to figure out who they are, there is a push for independence. And part of that push for independence is that they feel like they should be pushing you away to prove that they're independent. If I can encourage you to look beyond the pushing, to keep coming forward, not in a threatening way, but in the compassionate way that says, I just like being with you. So if you only want to be with me at 10 o'clock at night, when you finally decide you want to talk, I'm good with that. I'll talk with you at 10 o'clock at night. And if I can, just as a side note, I have figured out all of my kids, when they hit these years, something about their mouth locks up for most of the day and unlocks about the time I want to go to bed. So we went through a stage a few years ago where we had three teenagers and one tween, and we had two little bitties, an infant and a like two-year-old. And so I just wasn't sleeping. Because while my teens and stuff would sleep in, my little people wouldn't. And my teens, I was ready to go to bed when my little people went to bed because I was tired. I needed, you know, they're going to be up in the middle of the night. And, and these teenagers, that's when they wanted to talk, these tweens. And they would curl up on your bed. And so from now on, once you've hit this middle school years, you just, just friend to friend, you just need to embrace the idea that they're going to want to talk at 11 o'clock, at 12 o'clock, and it is worth your time and your fatigue to talk. But anyway, so I digress a little bit. But so the question we are going to be tackling in this stage is what does God think about you? They are going through um, trying to figure out their identity and the question why that was beginning to emerge at the end of the elementary years is now going to be the wrestle. They're going to be wrestling. Everything is going to be why. And the reason for this is that we need in these years to walk with our children with the gospel in a way that lays down the why behind the what. So in the last age and stage, we laid down the what we talked about that in those elementary years, we are laying down what the gospel is and where do we see it and how does it work and how is it displayed and through all the different things and who God is and all that is all what, but now there's a why this is when our kids, their eyes are opening and they're like, well, why, why is there evil in the world. I mean, if God is so loving, why does, why do some people, you know, why does God say it's only one way to heaven? If he really wants everybody to come, like they are going to be wrestling the wise and we need to embrace that wrestle with them and walk with them inside of that wrestle. Because if If we've laid down the what and they have lined up with the what and they go, yes, I believe this. And then they come face to face with the whys because now the world is going to come at them with all the whys of why this isn't true. 
why it cannot be true, why Christianity cannot be true. It doesn't make sense. You know, whatever, whatever the world wants to come at them with. It's not scientific. If we cannot walk with them into the why and help them wrestle that, then they will not have a faith that they can defend. I'm going to say it again. If we cannot walk with them into the why, and we may not know the answers to the why, and I just want you to know that's okay. In fact, there's been lots of times where I have, I have known the why, because maybe it's the second child or the third child, and I have learned there's actually a power in saying, you know, we need to go figure that out together instead of just being an encyclopedia that spits out an answer. Because part of this is we need to welcome the wrestling of their faith so that they can understand the why. Why do I believe this? Why is this important? Why is grace necessary? Why is, does there need to be repentance? Why did Jesus have to die? Why? Because if they don't understand the why behind the what, they cannot defend their faith. And they will need to know how to defend their faith. So you're just entering into this stage. The why is beginning to be the wrestle. And we right now, in these years, and you're going to wrestle the why with them for the rest of the time, and that's okay. But for right now, it is really based in what does God say about you? What does he think about you? And why is that important that you know what God says about you and what he thinks about you? So we, this is the season for our kids where we are going to have to begin to purposefully seek them out. We're going to use conversations to hear their hearts. And conversations, this is where, have you ever heard of um, asking open-ended questions? This is where we want to get extremely skilled at asking an open-ended question, a question that requires the other person to answer with more than just yes or no. This is the place where we make ourselves available to um, hear how their day was and then really listen and ask the in-depth questions of, well, how did that make you feel? Or what were you thinking when? Because it's in this stage that shame and low sense of self-worth, um, doubt about who they are, um, these are the things that are going to begin to creep in. Because identity needs to be established in Christ. And the enemy wants their identity to be established in what people think and how they perform. So we need to have conversations that talk about what God thinks about you. Because if you know what God says about you and why he says what he says about you, that it has nothing to do with what other people say about you and it has nothing to do with the way you perform, we can combat the shame, the low self-worth, the doubts, 
the fears that want to creep in. We can begin to combat that and keep the door to their heart open to us so that we can hear when the lies do attack them, when they do want to creep in. So what does God think about them? Well, remember we talked last week about 1 Peter 3. And we said that we were, we were holding on to the first part of 1 Peter 3, verse 15, that said, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. And this part, this next part, is really, I think, in this stage, which is always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. This is the place that we're planting the hope in them. This is the conversation we're wanting to have. So the conversations about um, behavior, um, the, maybe, let, okay, so in this stage, for a lot of mine, disrespect begins to emerge. It's, it's They're sassy. And again, it goes back to independence. They want to be independent of you and they want to be their own person. And, and so disrespect begins to creep in. And so we, we don't overlook it and we don't um, flippantly sass them back and speak rudely back to them. You know, we pause, we ask them to examine their heart, to understand what would motivate you underneath it all to say what you said. Why do you think what you said was... Why do you think it's being addressed right now? And help them begin to understand that underneath it all, what will be driving them a lot is a desire for identity, a desire to be known, a desire to be liked, a desire to be wanted, a desire to be valuable. And it's going to look different with each of our kids. And so we're going to have to speak to it differently. But as we are walking with our kids and being students of our kids and praying and understanding their sin tendencies, we're going to be able to see what part of what God thinks about them, what part of what God says about them is going to be important for us to begin to dive deep in with them. But here are just some ideas. Our kids need to understand that they were created, that they were fashioned and they were created in God's image, that he made them specifically the way they are, the way they look. He knows exactly what's going on with the hairs on their head. They know everything. God knows everything about them before they even do things, that they were fearfully and wonderfully made. Our kids need to understand that they are more cared for by God than birds or flowers That this is a picture that God paints for our children that says, you are intimately known by me and I care for you and I will provide for you. Our kids also, though, need to understand that God sees them for who they really are. He sees their sin. He sees their struggles. He sees where they fall short. He has known all along that they would fall short in these areas, that they would all along fall into that ditch of sin. It's not a surprise. It's not a shock to God. He made a plan to save them. 
which was Jesus. That while they were absolutely an enemy to Jesus, Jesus died for them and loves them. And when they are born again, when that becomes the exchange that they give, they offer their life to follow Jesus forever. That they are fully God's. The fullness of God lives within them. They are a full daughter, a full son, just like Jesus is in God's eyes. That he loves you with a full love. There's no withholding of love. There's no withholding of grace. There's no withholding of mercy. You become free from slavery to sin. Righteous. Set apart. And in relationship with God. You become incredibly valuable. You are pursued. His presence never leaves you. He is at work in you, making you new, making you different, changing your heart. He is not impatient with you. He is not sick of you. He welcomes your thoughts every moment of every day. And he promises to guide you. What does God think about our child? God says, just like he says in Isaiah, you are precious in my heart. I'm sorry. You are precious in my sight and I dearly love you. That is what God says. And we need to impart this into our tweens right now in this space. Now, if your child is older than this, they've walked through this. They're wrestling with who God is and why is he important to me and do I want to follow God? And they have experienced God. God has become real to them. And maybe they've learned some of the layering foundations of this is what the gospel is. Jesus died for my sin. Then we need to, as parents, walk with our children in such a way that we begin to have conversations that say, it is not, you are great. So we, when we deal with our older kids who are coming back and, and we're, we've said, oh, okay, they're, they're not in this age group, but they're in this stage spiritually. They, they need to know that their identity rests in Jesus. And, you know, for a lot of us, maybe we need to know that. Like you may be sitting here listening, going, I don't, I don't know that my identity is locked in who I am and what Jesus did for me. Then we begin, we need, I need you to hear me say this too. It is not the fact that God says you are good. It is the truth that God says, because I am in you, Jesus in you. That is what is good. And we begin to explore the understanding that our identity, walking with Jesus, is not based on what we do, but based on our surrender and what he does. And we walk through passages that speak to that truth with our kids. And so I want to list out some for you as one of the last things, because I do think that as a mother, 
if these are not places that you feel strong, like you're like, I don't know. I don't know how to tell my child that they are precious in his sight in the Bible. Then I want you to know where these passages are for yourself. And then walk through these with your kids. Begin to talk about these passages with your children. Explore the truth that lies in here. And so one place to go is John 15. That speaks to who we are in Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 2. 1 Peter 1 and 1 Peter 2. Romans chapters 5, 6, and 7. Talk about the exchange that happens and how we are freed from this sin debt. Not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus did. And we become valuable, not because of who we are, but because of whose we are. And our children in this stage need to have identity be what everything is run through. So the examples for this is it's in this stage that girls need to understand that they are beautiful, not because their bodies are beautiful, not because boys think they're beautiful, but because God created them beautifully. This is the place where young men need to understand their value. And I mean, in these examples, boys can do this, girls can do this back and forth, but they need to understand their value, that it's not on how they perform. It's not on what they bring to the table. It's not, you know, inherent on how coordinated they are for sports, how cool they are when they walk down the hall, how many friends they have. It is based on a hope that lies inside of them. And that hope is that Jesus died for them. These are not easy conversations. They're not easy to sum up in a podcast. I just want you to understand this is where your mind needs to be when you're engaging with your tweens. They are wrestling with their identity and the enemy is coming at them with all the power of hell itself behind him, wanting to tell them they are worthless and they are shameful. And we need to speak into that place, the truth that God says about who our kids are. So again, I hope this helps, gives you a little bit of a vision for this stage of your kid's life. If you have questions, please feel free, reach out. I mean, some of y'all send in like, well, here's my example. My child is this, and this is what they're believing. How do I talk to them about that? How do I walk with them? You know, this is the stage where we see anxiety and fear begin to, to, um, bubble up. So if that's you and that's your child, I mean, and you don't, you can't apply what I said because I said it poorly today, please um, reach out to me and I will help walk with you in those spaces. But I want you to know that you, you are valuable. And as the mother of your child, God chose you for this space. He chose you to walk these roads with your kids. He knows that you surrender to him are the, you and him 
with you surrendered to him. It's the best equation for your kid. It is. You will show the beauty of the gospel to your child like no one else can. So walk with Jesus confidently. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.